0: Welcome to a special three-part series of the SarahCast, conversations in social emotional learning. I'm Sarah Lahane, and I'm grateful to be with you celebrating SEL Day. If you're listening on March 26, I hope you're enjoying this day of learning and advocacy for social emotional learning opportunities for all. In this three-part series, you'll hear from our panel of experts as we discuss what grief looks like, especially for those who are experiencing grief and loss for the first time. Explore how social emotional learning helps us process grief and loss and share how parents and educators can support students through grief. We continue to be a nation in mourning. We experienced one trauma in Georgia, and then a week later, we've experienced another in Colorado, giving us no time to even process or heal from the last. We're becoming numb to the loss in front of us. It can feel hard to identify a path forward or even think about where we can begin to recognize all that we've lost and start to build a more empathetic, safer tomorrow for all of us, including our children. From the acts of violence that have traumatized our communities to the global pandemic, we are grieving. As we've turned the one-year mark on COVID lockdowns, grief is top of mind for all of us. Whether we have lost a loved one this year from COVID or we're grieving the loss of the routines and lives that we knew, the jobs and security that we had, or the familiar faces we saw on our way to work or school, we are all processing this for ourselves, our students, and our families. And I could not think of a more important time to draw on social-emotional skills to navigate challenges and build resiliency And now. I'm excited to introduce our guest today, George Hegman, leading psychotherapist who has authored numerous publications on bereavement and mourning, self-psychology and art and creativity, Tiffany Papa George, author of the groundbreaking children's book, My Yellow Balloon, and certified grief and loss specialists. Rebecca Sofer, co-founder and CEO of Modern Loss, a platform offering content and community addressing grief and loss, and co-author of the book, Modern Loss, Candid Conversation About Grief. And David Adams, who will be joining us later, the CEO of the Urban Assembly, a model provider of innovative school support services. So before we dive in to this discussion, it wouldn't be... The sarcasm move this world without some kind of creative opportunity for us to center ourselves and ground ourselves in this discussion. So let's take a moment, if you can, and close your eyes. If you're not comfortable closing your eyes, uh, you can go ahead and look to the ground beneath you, and allow yourself to just settle in to the here, to the now to acknowledge whatever stressors or distractions are weighing on you, to notice where that stress and where that distraction is showing up in your body. And if you can, go ahead and send a little warmth, a little love to that, part of your body that's feeling a little bit more tense. And let's breathe in that love and light to that area of stress and discomfort together with a big inhale and a big exhale. And let's do that one more time. And this time when we exhale, let's go ahead and release, go ahead and vocalize whatever sound you're holding in alongside that stressor or distraction, go go ahead and excavate that sound. So let's take a deep breath in together. And as you exhale, release with a sound, whatever you need to get out.
1: Mm.
0: Great, thank you. You can go ahead and open your eyes. I hope you feel a little bit more grounded as we dive in. Uh, Before we begin this conversation. Can you each let us know who you are with a specific moment that brought you into this work, and maybe your favorite part of your job? Uh, Rebecca, would you go first?
1: Sure. Um, Thank you so much for having me today. Sir. I'm so honored. Um, my name is Rebecca Sofer. I run Modern Loss. It's a website um, and a community a platform and really a movement that is singularly focused on eradicating the stigma surrounding honest talk on grief and loss across the long arc, not just during that you know first 365 day period of time. What brought me into this work was personal experience, as, as many of us, you know, can probably relate to. Um, my mother was killed when I was 30. Um, I was a TV producer for the Colbert Report. This was definitely not the line of work that I thought I'd be in, but it struck me very quickly how stigmatized, you know, this conversation is, how isolating grief and losses to move through. And in my case, especially as, you know, a younger adult who was really trying to build up her career and couldn't find that many people to talk to, I just kind of felt like there was the white space that existed in this conversation that was warm and maybe full of some humor and you know focused on resilience. Um and I just love that whole part of it. I love that
2: this community has formed around those tenets. Beautiful. Thank you. Tiffany? Well what brought me into it was a ninth grade English assignment as a as a grieving child. And um I was tasked with the assignment to write a children's book explaining Death to Them, it ended up that the book now published is really not about death at all, it's about the transformation that happens through our loss process. Um, But it took me a while to get there uh, myself. The part I love about my work is I am able to um, go into schools, help teachers and parents and kids um, understand the process of loss. And the other part that I love about this work the most I would say is that when we are working with these deeper emotions, um, we're swimming in a deeper end of the pool. And I I find that I'm far more comfortable there than just in the shallow, how are you, fine, I'm good, you know, just that I I really like being um, in a richer place in my relationships and with people. And this definitely takes you there.
0: Thank you, Tiffany. George? What brought you into this work?
3: When I was a teenager, my father died of Lou Gehrig's disease. And um, so most of my teenage years involved his illness and dying. And um, the uh, the impact on my family and me was terrible. Um, and uh, so for the next number of years, I struggled until I got into therapy. and began my career as a therapist, I I realized that a lot of the models, traditional models of bereavement and mourning didn't apply to me. So I I essentially revamped um, the traditional model of mourning and rethought it in terms of my own experience and then the experience of others during my practice, as well as uh, reports in the literature and from uh, working with adults, so that that experience of the death in my uh, as a kid has reverberated through my life to the to the present moment.
0: So whether or not we have experienced the loss of a parent or a friend or a family member or a teacher this past year, I think we all can recognize that we are collectively grieving. We have lost the lives that we knew and the routines that we had. For someone who is new to grief, for whom this is their first experience, Rebecca, your tagline of modern loss includes beginners welcome. What is grief? like? If this is my first time even feeling these feelings or being exposed to the idea of grief and loss, maybe I've lived my life and my family's lived my life and I've thought, wow, we're pretty lucky. And we haven't lost anyone in terms of a loved one this year, but we're still grieving. What does grief look like and where do we begin? I mean, that is such a big question. Grief is such a huge umbrella
1: experience. And I think that you really pointed out something that's really valid. And I always said that, you know, when my mom died and I really struggled with trying to find people who could understand what I was going through. I remember thinking, God, I wish I could just implant a microchip into people's brains for like one second so that they understood how scary this feels and how uneven the terrain under my feet feels and how like I don't even know what like next year is going to look like, much less tomorrow is going to look like. And now we're a year into the pandemic and I think all of us know what grief looks like. Like we all have that microchip in our heads now because we've all been grieving something. And so my personal definition of grief is, you know, the the absence of something that is meaningful or someone that is meaningful or comforting gives you a sense of security, gives you a sense of assuredness, of love, um, you know, or just a presence It's like something that you are used to being there, where, you know, when it is no longer there, you are just thrown for a loop. And, you know, grief is complicated. Not every sort of grieving relationship is one that is built on intense love. And so, you know, all of us are there right now, even if it's not due
0: to a death loss. And, George, you helped me with episode four of the Emotion Motion podcast, which is also produced by the Move This World Audio Network. And in episode four, Megan the mermaid experiences grief and loss. And we brought you in to help it feel more authentic. What does grief look like in kids and parents? How does it show up in both adults and in children?
3: You know, it's, I, I agree with Rebecca that, that it's, it can show up in an in infinite amount of ways. Um, and the only way you can really know it at times is is really listening to somebody And having them tell you about their experience and and their feelings. But one of the things that I believe is that 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 everybody's different. And every situation, whether it's a bereavement or some other type of loss, is uh has to be understood in the terms of this particular individual. And that grief doesn't, bereavement does not happen just to you personally. It often erupts in your, uh, your family and your social network as a kid and there's multiple multiple things that you're going to deal with apart from just the emotions involved. Uh, in my own bereavement as a kid, we lost everything and I dealt with addiction with my mother, I dealt with losing my neighborhood and friends. I dealt with disruptions in terms of finances and just the supports in life and a, and a lot of kids go through that. Um, Unfortunately, way too many throughout the world. And so we have to think of grief in this sort of context and and how it impacts on the child and, and their life.
0: You talk about the ripple effect of what's happening in the community. And Rebecca, I love this visualization of a microchip being in everyone, understanding what grief is or even someone's personal experience. Do you all think that we as a society or as a humanity are developing greater empathy through this shared grief of the past year? Like, do you think we will come out on the other side, you know, a year from now? Do you think we will be more
2: empathetic human beings because we have lived through a pandemic? I think that empathy is one of those things that it takes one to be able to feel for themselves to be able to know how to feel for others. Everyone has lost life as we knew it. And loss is pervasive and it, and it affects everything. And so some people are rebelling against it and saying, no, I'm not gonna go there. And so when I see that, I, I think, well, if we, if we deny that anything is happening and we don't, fe- we don't feel for ourselves and we don't allow ourselves time to feel our own grief, then how can we possibly feel empathy for anyone else? and putting this out in the world and saying, yes, we all feel it, we all experience it, it's real. Grief is a normal person having a normal reaction to an abnormal event, whatever you want to call that, whatever is happening to you. You are a normal person having a normal reaction to an abnormal thing.
3: 500,000 people died just in this last year. We do not deal with death well in this country this is terrible, and this will have repercussions, which will be for, for a generation. We've had Black people murdered by the police and the, the rupture in our society. So the issue of bereavement of the last year, but this is a serious, serious thing socially. And, you know, just 500,000 people dying is millions of people affected by bereavement. Uh, and... With each one of our our Black citizens dying from the police, it affects thousands and even millions of people. And we're not doing well with this.
0: Thank you, George. That is a large number representing millions of American lives impacted by grief. How can we support each other and move forward together? We'll be back with part two of this conversation next week when we'll discuss how we can help one another and our children specifically navigate grief. Thank you again to our panel of experts for being here with us today. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss part two of this series on Tuesday, March 30th, as we continue to talk about our shared grief and loss and explore how social emotional learning can help us heal. Thank you for tuning into the SarahCast today. I loved spending this time with you. Before you go, join me for one final breath and hold in your mind a word or phrase that you are taking away from this conversation. Breathe in. And breathe out. If you liked this episode, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find all of our episodes on movethisworld.com. The SarahCast Conversations in Social Emotional Learning is produced by the Move This World Audio Network. Move This World supports social emotional learning for students, their families, and their school communities through evidence-based curricula rooted in creative expression and movement. You can find additional resources to support SDL in your district, school, classroom, or home on our website, movethisworld.com. I'll see you next time.